You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Hello and welcome into another edition of Three Ma. I am John Kurtz, joined by Derek Young from K-State Online, Cole Manbeck, former beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury. Today we preview K-State and Baylor, the matchup that everybody has had circled on their calendars the entire season, particularly now. We are locked in, ready, and focused for Baylor. So focused, in fact, that I'm going to lead the show by telling you about a great watch party for next weekend when K-State takes on Kansas at uh, Kingdom Bar and Grill. Uh, it is going to be, obviously, uh, Saturday, November 18th for the game. We still don't know the kick time, but uh, Kingdom Bar and Grill is in Overland Park, Kansas. Um, it's a cool place. We uh, I remember we watched the the draft there a couple of years ago, D.Y. and I at least. Cole, were you there too for that one? No, I had to find out in a photo that was tweeted out by the bar recently, actually, from that event. I saw the back of you and D.Y.'s head, and I was not invited. So that uh, that felt great. Mm, okay. Well, I watched the Chiefs draft. Uh, Trent McDuffie there, who had a, a pretty good, good play, play. good uh, play Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and George Karloftis actually, both of them, good play. Yeah. So yeah, it was a good time. Uh, make sure you head over there next Saturday if you're not going to be actually at the game, um, which I do not have the stones to actually be at the game. So you know, uh, November 18th next Saturday, K State KU uh, Kingdom Bar and Grill watch party. Make sure and head over there. They'll have some food and drink specials, and uh, K State KU fans obviously will be there. It'll be a cool environment. Whoa, 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 John, you're not you're not going to the game with me? Cole, you have said like four times you're not going either. Do I, I, need, to Do I need to tell everybody what you were texting last Shut night? In our group? Shut, Shut up. Yeah, no, I, I'm doing reverse roles here. So, uh, all right, it's role reversal. Uh, I'm not, no, you don't need to talk about it. I'm going to the game. So. I don't, I don't believe that. I have, I, I'm. Somebody gave me one of those recliner seats in the end zone, so it's premium <laughs> seating. I think that was the last. Uh, that was the last new renovated stadium piece, right? Like instead of a stadium, they got inflatable chairs in the end zone. Yes. So I, I you think I'm going to turn down that opportunity? All right. I think I even have my own bathroom or something. So, <laughs> well, uh, you got your own personal porta potty right behind the seat. <laughs> I'm that no, I, uh, I I am going to go. I think. And Vanessa Vanessa told you as as you heard John when you were at the house. Uh, Vanessa told you I absolutely cannot go to the game because she thinks it's going to lead to like some sort of fight. And I don't know why she thinks that. I'm a very level headed, even keeled fan. But uh, she said no, which actually only made me want to go worse because I told her I was like, you don't you don't tell me no, you don't tell me on what games I go to. So now I'm going. Boy, yeah, 1953 Cole, you know, his wife doesn't tell him what to do. Um, <laughs> take that, take it to that direction. It's more of a game type thing. That's what it sounded like here from me. <laughs> All right. That's not the way I intended for it to sound like. I'll just say that. I'm very stubborn when it comes to my sporting amends. Let me just say this. I was there. Vanessa and I were talking about it. I agreed with Vanessa. I said, there's no way in hell I'm going to that game after the experience that we had in Columbia this year. I'm not doing it. And I don't think Cole should go either. So I, I tried to put my foot down as well. I agree with uh, with your wife's thinking there on that one. You will not catch me in Lawrence. I've had many offers. Nice nice Kansas fan. Shout out to Alan on my YouTube channel. Nice Kansas fan. Keeps trying to get me to go to the wheel to uh, to hang out with him and his buddies before the game. 
I just don't think I can do it, Alan. I don't think I can do it. I can't take that chance. So, Alan, I'll, Alan, I'll come hang out with you, man. Should there you go. Yeah. yeah, Cole, Cole will hang out with you. So, in all serious, Alan, do you have recliner seats in the end zone? Because if, if you do, I definitely will go sit with you. I, he might. He's he's very generous. Really, this guy. Okay. All right. Um, November eighteenth, kick time TBD. Go go check out at Kingdom Bar and Grill the uh, the watch party. But if you if you are not, uh, if you're going to be going to the game, if you're going to be chilling at home. Make sure that you get stocked up on your 360 vodka or your Ben Holiday bottled in Bond bourbon. Uh, our friends at Holiday Distillery bring that to you. Quite obviously, they're great K-State folks who support us on the pod, so make sure you're supporting them as well. Um, I mean, that goes for, by the way, the, the game this weekend against Baylor. You need to get stocked up for that if you're going to be out tailgating at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. 360 vodka, Ben Holiday bottled in Bond bourbon. I talked to uh, somebody this week, another satisfied Ben Holiday bottled in Bond bourbon customer, so... Rave reviews all the way around. All right, we just spent, you know, 10 minutes talking about Kansas to start the show, showing a lot of respect for Baylor, just as I did when I uh, did not send an outline last night. I didn't actually finish it. I kind of fell asleep, like, trying to do it late last night. And, you know, as I was driving back from the gym this morning, just, like, threw some stuff together on my phone. So we're very focused for Baylor. Uh, we're very, very focused for Baylor this week. I know How, how focused are you feeling, D.Y.? Because clearly Cole and I are. Well, I didn't make it to the Tuesday media session as I always do. That's what? more so because I'm traveling back from Las Vegas, but it's a uh, everyone's a little off this week. You know what? Look, Cole and I are just podcast jabronis. You are a big J journo, okay? People take you seriously. We need I am this is upsetting, Derek. This is the Baylor Baylor is going to win. Baylor is going to win because you're out, you're not going to work. Wow. Uh, flip that. Um, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I covered a basketball game as well yeah. in Las Vegas. Yeah, I I don't I don't think I deserve to be lumped into the overlooking Baylor crowd because you guys gave me so much crap last night about not doing any Baylor prep. I did not want to overlook any opponent on the schedule, and I did not take Dy's advice of just simply summarizing it that they suck. So, uh, so I instead went into the numbers and I did a deep dive. So, folks, don't think I'm mailing it in. You're going to get your thorough offense-defense preview on this pod in a little bit. And uh, and it and D.Y. was correct. In summary, they do suck. They do indeed suck. I, I wonder how many people are going to turn this off after the first five minutes saying, oh, my God, we're, everyone's looking ahead of When we go off the rails like this, good things usually happen, all right? I, so, saying, I feel like we're, we're increasing the ratings with the start of the show, I'm pretty sure. Like So that next week, next week I'm going to go completely off the rails. Now, guys, I'm going to be uh, traveling for business purposes, so uh, we'll have to be a little flexible around my schedule. Apologies for not letting you know yet, but I'd hate to miss the KU pregame pod, so make sure you just, accommodate. What? You're just breaking that to us live on the air? Like that's I have only known for two months. So I'm sorry. We'll text offline about it. Please accommodate my scheduling, though. Thank you. I'll be back Thursday night, and then I'll rest up Friday and gear up. Uh, we got Providence that Friday in the, the Maha Mar tournament, and then I'll be heading to Lawrence for a night kick, I assume. 2.30 kick, night kick, you know, and uh, be excited to be there with uh, our in-state brothers. How are you gonna how are you gonna handle it if 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 you're having to walk out of there after a loss? How are you gonna handle that? Um well I was in a pretty dark state after the Texas game. And um I thought about 
walking into the woods and just hoping like there was some random cougar or bobcat that maybe would would maybe maul me um so maybe something like that uh, you know might just explore the woods around here and maybe some sort of wild animal will uh will just take me out so that's probably how i would handle it uh john i wouldn't handle it well so maybe i should go as i think about that yeah i mean you know i set such a sterling example for you in columbia of how to handle yourself uh walking in a <laughs> After a loss, so <laughs> which is why I will not be in attendance <laughs> next Saturday in Lawrence. Um, you dumb, you dumbasses haven't won a conference championship in fifty plus years. You know, shut up. I feel like that may have even been a fairly sensitized version of what it is that I actually said. It was okay. <laughs> uh, wow, we're almost ten minutes in. You're going to be doing the home field read here in just a minute, and we uh. We haven't gotten to the outline. Headline number one. I do have some headlines. What I outline? do have some headlines. What outline? No, okay. There's an outline. I have headlines written. It just, you know, might not be a totally finished outline. Uh, the first, first headline is, can K-State mentally recover uh, in time for Baylor? Because clearly we have. So um, the team lost the ability to control their own destiny for Arlington. I mean... I think as a coach, you can still hold it out there. Like you, you guys still have a chance. We saw that was a Kelly Ford Cole that had K State at what like 15 percent chance to make the Big Twelve championship game. It's a it's a great call out. I was actually looking at this earlier. So actually, on Kelly Ford's website currently now he it was Bill Connolly that I think had it at like fourteen or fifteen. John, but Kelly Ford gives K State he gives K State a thirty two percent chance to make the Big Twelve title game and a sixty five percent. He gives him a 65% chance to win out and get to 7-2 and two in the league. He has Texas as a 75% chance to make the league title. Oklahoma State at 49%. Oklahoma at 33% and K-State at 32 So really, you know, K-State, no, you are right there as third, basically even. The next closest is interesting to me. It's West Virginia at 3%. He doesn't give KU better odds. I mean, KU is like a 1% chance, which... Um, is interesting to me, although I, I don't know, like I, all the tiebreaker scenarios, it's a weird formula with uh, the not everybody playing everybody head to head without that round robin this year. So the tiebreaker formulas are a little strange, but a 32% chance, guys. I mean, look, this league can be pretty wild. It, I I would not be surprised if Oklahoma State goes to UCF and loses this weekend. You know, like OU, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose in Norman to West Virginia the way that they've been playing. So there's a lot of things that can still happen. Heck, Texas at TCU this weekend. TCU's not good, but Texas, if they play Malik Murphy again, will he throw him? I, I don't know. Like, there's, it could, it, you just got to focus on winning out and see if it takes care of itself like it did last year. Well, t- Texas also still has to go to Ames, and that's a night kick. So, night kick yeah. at Ames, you know, I would say it never fails, but I literally watched it fail last week. Um, and and yeah. last year, for that matter, uh, with K-State. So maybe losing a little bit of its luster, but that still will not be easy. Uh, that's, that's a spot that Texas historically would struggle in. I digress. You did lose your ability to control your own destiny. Um, and you are you are coming home at least to a place where you've been dominant. K-State's been really dominant at home. This is maybe the best team to be getting in this spot. But that was that was a gut-wrenching loss. I mean, we all we all understand how tough that was. You, you had Ben Sennett popping off in the locker room. Emotions were high. Can this team can this team channel everything the right way and turn it around? I 
I would ask Derek what the vibes were like on Tuesday, but he wasn't there. So, uh, you know, I, what, what are we feeling about how this team can turn it back around? Thanks. Uh, I did read what was said, so I didn't hear zero uh, about it. I will say this. There was one quote from Chris Lyman that doesn't alarm me, but perked my ears up a little bit to still hear it on Tuesday that the guys are are really hurting. He, he said that again. Now, I I think that's normal. I think Cole's still hurting, right? So, And uh, these guys are the ones actually on the field. So uh, I, I think this is probably their stiffest challenge in terms of recovering after a loss. So we'll see if that has an impact because in the past, I will say this, the losses weren't, I guess, as gut-wrenching as that one. But, man, in the Chris Kleiman era, after a loss, Kansas State is pretty, you know, impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm still hurting, D.Y. That would be a correct assessment. I, I've at least stopped replaying the final four plays in my head 50 times a day, so that's that's progress. But, um, yeah, no, I, I caught that quote too, D.Y. I mean, him acknowledging that they're still hurting. You know, we're going to be doing an interview with Austin Moore this week as part of our player spotlight in conjunction with Riverbank Brewing and Wildcat NIL. And that's one of the questions as we record a little bit later today is how they are doing mentally and, and bouncing back from such a devastating loss. And so there's still an opportunity to get to the league title, but it, it definitely hurts. Uh, you can feel for those guys. They were an eyelash away from being a top 10 team on the road and basically carving out the the best path to Arlington of any Big 12 team. And, and arguably the best matchup you could ever ask for. And that's not a knock on Oklahoma State. You already lost that game once, but... I think you you love the chance at a revenge spot against an Oklahoma State team there that I think you you actually may be better than. So that would have been a, a huge opportunity. Still could happen. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, no, that I, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll bounce back. Like you said last earlier this week, John, if it was an Iowa State, it'd be a, a tougher situation. But I think K-State will win this game. They'll get the positive vibes back. And then it's the Sunflower Showdown. I, I don't know, like maybe the most anticipated sunflower showdown and and who knows when i don't know the last time was it 1994 95 the last time they were both ranked both teams were in the top 15 in 95 in case they won a game 40, 41 to 7 by the way for, for those that listen to the solid verbal this is the the exact example of what they call a let down look ahead sandwich um you just had a monster defeat ripped out of your hands against texas and you could look ahead to ku i don't know that they will but this is one of those instances where they see teams underperform in this case. But as we said, Kansas State plays really well in the Chris Kleiman era after a loss. I will say, I brought it up to you guys last night, it's a weird stat. I don't think they really played anyone, but Baylor hasn't lost a game on the road this year. And it makes Baylor's situation even worse because they get eight home games this year, only have to go on the road twice. Their two league wins are one point at UCF and a three-point win against Cincinnati. So the two worst teams in the league um, are their two wins, and they won it by a combined four points, and they were both on the road to your point, and it took a miracle comeback, as we all know, against UCF. So, it, uh, yeah, Baylor Baylor has really, really struggled since that Utah game when they they almost had it. Of course, they lost to Texas State by 11 in the season opener. So it's been a... A strange season for Dave Aranda, who is now three and ten since they they wanted OU last year in Norman, and then K State went in there and beat them thirty one to three the following week. They they lost their last four games. 
They're three and six now this year. He is three and ten over his last thirteen games since that moment. The, the star has really stopped shining on Dave Aranda, and now you know I think he he could be on the hot seat to get fired. It's crazy. Uh, I'm going to go back just a little bit to the discussion about the Big Twelve Championship game real quick because I I didn't get this in at the time. Cole, I would would you rather play Oklahoma State or Oklahoma if you get the chance to go back to the Big Twelve Championship game? I, I think uh, I'd rather play. I, don't, I think Oklahoma's. I don't think Oklahoma's very good, man. I, I'd rather I, play. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I'd rather play Oklahoma because, first of all, how sweet would it have been to knock out OU and Texas in the same year and once again beat OU for four out of what the last five years and send them out that way? The second thing is, I agree with you. I've said for weeks, and I think people thought I was taking a shot at KU's win when KU won that game. I, you guys, know, I didn't think Oklahoma was that legit. Like. They nearly lost to UCF in Norman. They they were up seven on Cincinnati in the fourth quarter in an ugly game. Like OU outside of the Texas game has done nothing for me. Like that, and that was a rivalry game where every you know things weird things happen in a rivalry game, and they played well in that. But I think if you look at the game to game trends, I it's why I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma lost to West Virginia at home. I, I think they have issues, and I would rather play OU because I don't. You know, I don't have issues with Oklahoma State fans either. Like, I'd rather just the, the from a excitement buzz and the brand of OU, I'd rather play them because there's more hatred there. And I also just don't think I don't think there's a difference between them and OSU. OSU just beat them. So, oh, I think I think there is a difference, and I think that Oklahoma State is a better team. Yeah, like I, I mean, yeah. at one time I would have said I'd rather play Oklahoma State because Oklahoma is better at quarterback. But I don't know if I how much I really believe that. I mean, I think Dylan Gabriel's turned out to be pretty mid. I compl- I now that is something I've been saying the entire year, his entire career since he got to OU. Just don't. I mean, he does not have an elite arm, and uh, their playmakers are down. Like they don't have the the skill talent that they had under Lincoln Riley for sure. And now that defense is like struggling. You know, Stutzman's been hurt. Jaron Canick was getting benched. Like I, yeah, they're 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 struggling a bit. Uh, okay, I'm wearing my uh, my home field apparel today. Anybody else? Nobody else. Nobody with home field. I got. I got. Oh, I got. I got I, uh, I got another new home kit shirt on. Okay, we're three for three today with uh, home field apparel. Cole's got uh, another variation of Sailor Willie, and uh, Dy is repping Kent State. Uh, he's got the he's got the golden flashes on today, repping uh, the Ohio boy, getting getting Kent State in there. So very good. See what, what what's Kent State's record this year? Got, they got one win, I think. They they totally tanked because they lost uh, Sean Lewis, right? So yeah. And uh, J- Jared Lewis is a backup quarterback there, I believe. Mm, Kai, I Thomas. Kai Thomas, a running back. Uh, what? what a downhill, yeah. <laughs> Kai Thomas is there? Yeah, because they, the Minnesota running back coaches was got hired as their head coach. Boy, man. All right. <laughs> Kai, Kai Thomas and Jared Lewis backfield. Old friend alert, big time. They are uh, they are one and eight, but they're one win. They won by 28 over Central Connecticut State University. So, congrats on that one. Good job, Kent State. Uh-huh. All right, cool. We don't need to be dunking on Kent State. Okay, let's just let's I, cut. I, I could. So, in Ohio, they get like nicknames for a lot of the universities. So, Kent State is can't read, can't write, Kent State. Great. Now we just lost all our Kent State listeners. You know, Kent State. I just never had a ton of respect for my Kent State. Like, they're one of my least favorite matching teams. All right. You know, and so. I don't like Buffalo either. Just I want to put that out there. I don't like Buffalo. 
it's a good thing we have our Ontario listeners. Although if you're going to slam Buffalo, I don't know where Ontario is in relation to Buffalo, but it seems close. That that might be screwing that up too. Wow, where to stereotype? Just because it's like you know close to the Canadian border. Canada is a pretty darn big country. I think it's Toronto that's closer, isn't it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. Why can you pull up a map? Thanks. I'm uh, sure home, home field is thrilled with this read. Uh, go to homefieldapparel.com. <laughs> Use promo code 3 23 to get 15% off your first order. If you want to rep Kent State, if you want to rep K-State, if you want to rep Kennesaw State, I think you can probably find any version of K-State that you want at homefieldapparel.com. They've got all sorts of great K-State gear, like what Cole and I are both wearing right now. I've got the little Sailor Willie head uh, pullover, like quarter zip, that uh, that is pretty nice, too. So there's all sorts of stuff that you can find on there, lots of K-State gear. Make sure you get to homefieldapparel.com and use promo code 3 23 in order to do that. Your next two headlines are coming up next. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. <laughs> Thanks to Nick for pointing out that Toronto is in Ontario. So take that, Cole. <laughs> Damn it. Is Ontario a province? Nick, is Ontario a yep. province? Okay, so that's a province and Toronto's a city in Ontario. Man, what an idiot I am. I am so sorry. We, uh, we have offended Canada. We have offended Buffalo and Kent State. Uh, man, that's... That's rough. I'm sorry. In Baylor, yeah. Yeah, by saying they sucked. Yeah, that's darn it. Who knows what's coming next? Who knows who's in the firing line next? Um, all right, headline number two for me is, does does this? we talked about this a little bit the other day, but does the passing game really have new life? 
And is this a caveat to this question, DY would be, is this even a game where we will find out? Like, could this be another Houston where they can just run the ball and throw some swing passes to uh, to DJ Giddens and call it good? Well, I don't know, to be honest, on the, the passing game, if that was a fluke or if that's here to stay. If you kind of look at, you know, the numbers throughout the year, it looks more fluky than anything, but it could be the light bulb really coming on. Um, and the passing game hasn't been like absolutely like Iowa like or anything like that. So I wouldn't like completely eviscerate it of what it's been. In times it hasn't been good enough, but you know you're you're still comfortably over 200 yards for almost every game of the year. You just threw for almost 400 against Texas. You had to throw it a lot because you couldn't run it. The only reason why I, I do have some pause is. I was actually surprised that they ran it or that they threw it so well without the threat of a running game. And the first, I think, I want to say 10 pass plays weren't ideal. So they kind of flipped the switch even in the passing game as well because nothing was really working well early against Texas. But to your point, especially with the KU game the following week, I wonder if you see a little bit of a covered offensive approach, especially where you could probably get by with running the ball an excessive amount against Baylor. Yeah, Will Howard now over his last three games is 51 of 74 passing. I think someone do the math for me there. That's a pretty darn good completion percentage. And you look at the touchdown to interceptions, it's nine touchdowns to one pick, and we all know that pick shouldn't have happened. It wasn't a bad throw. So 51 of 74? Yeah. 69%. Nice. So, um, you know, 69% completion percentage, nine touchdowns to one interception over the last three games, uh, and that interception shouldn't have occurred. That wasn't his fault. The numbers should be even better from a yardage perspective, yards per attempt. You know, I, I'm running the quick math. He's probably around like 600 yards on 74 attempts, so probably close to eight yards per pass attempt. So Will's playing good football right now, and, and in that game, the one thing I wanted to see against Texas guys that I was still questioning against Houston and TCU was the vertical downfield passing attack. And we saw them go more downfield in that game over the last 11 drives against Texas. They have 15 or they have 11 completions of 15 yards or more. And some of those were definitely vertically downfield. It should have been more if Keegan Johnson catches that one ball. So yeah, I think you have four guys with what 60 plus yards against Texas. That's really encouraging. And I think you wrote about this on KSO DY, but from a confidence standpoint, for Keegan Johnson to finally have a a game where maybe he can feel a little bit better about himself, I think that that could be significant. You know, he doubled his receiving yards in one game for the total of the season. So him, Jace Brown, continuing to build on what he's done. Phillip Brooks is playing really good football right now. I, I think it's interesting. Did Jaden Jackson even play against Texas? So they, they, it kind of felt like they changed up the rotation, right? RJ Garcia, I don't even know if Garcia was in uniform, but he had eight snaps. Okay. So they basically took Jackson and Garcia out of the mix. Uh, I like Jaden Jackson and how hard he plays, but it, it makes it like they kind of settled on a new rotation there. It felt like, yeah. I wonder if Jack, because I don't think that they would remove Jackson like that unless they just thought that they needed some continuity there. So I wonder if he was like banged up or anything. Garcia's, Snap counts have been in the single digits for a few games at that point. I, the, the only thing I w- I'm going to I will say is like we prop look the Will Howard second half Will Howard was a lot like last year Will Howard 
Lee Kurt said that on on uh, Monday's show. But in general, I will say he's played a lot better since the Texas Tech game. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I mean he has, he has, but it was it was more like game manager stuff for two weeks against TCU and Houston because you didn't need a whole lot more. And then when they absolutely really needed it, backs big time against the wall against Texas. He he came up with some big throws down the field. So definitely have to give him uh, credit for that. Did have to ask D why when you say covering things up, you know, keeping stuff under wraps for Kansas, does that mean uh, you know keeping the old trickeration uh avery johnson throws a pass play under wraps uh for kansas just keeping that one tucked away until you get to ku i'll be curious how how they handle the rotation after will howard really had that great second half and where he took the bull by the horns and nearly won the game for kansas state that in the defense do we see even see a rotation of some kind i think that is an interesting item to follow because what I would say is you might as well play him. Now he's already burned his red shirt, but I don't know if it's a certainty that they want to take Will Howard off the field at this point. It, it's it's a good thought because, look, th- this could be a game if it plays out the way everybody – well, I don't I don't know how it's going to play out because it's that's a mindset-type game. But you look at Kelly Forty, SK State is a 25-and-a-half-point favorite. So 25-plus point favorite, 96% chance to win. Vegas, SK State. 20 and a half, 21 point favorites. It started out at like 17 and a half and the line just just went through the roof immediately in, in betting K-State and jumped to almost 21. K-State, th- this could be Will Howard at quarterback for two and a half quarters and then Avery Johnson gets a quarter and a half of snaps where K-State's up comfortably and they get not only Avery Johnson but a bunch of those other guys that Chris Kleiman talked about this week at the press conference. Because I, I missed this and not to get us off topic here, I didn't realize the postseason doesn't count toward the red shirt now. So, it, yeah, okay, so I, I've forgotten that. So they're now at a point where they have some guys that, uh, you know, can can play the last three games and not worry about losing a redshirt. So this could be another opportunity where they get some other guys some meaningful snaps and build more depth toward the future and the, the stretch run this year. But on the Avery Johnson front, John, I, I would not be surprised if it's, you know, Will Howard for the first two and a half quarters. And if they're up comfortably, they flip it over to Avery and get him snaps. Well, I, I certainly don't think you'll see flipping it to him for a for a series, right? Like, I, I, I would imagine that that's probably done uh, for this game. Like, maybe there's some situational if they want to go back to something more like Mizzou where they have some down and distance that they really like when it was second and long in Mizzou. That that would be my guess. I don't know that, but that would that would be my my guess on that. And uh, I, I mean, I hate this. I just I don't I can't imagine him when the, when the outcome is still undecided i can't imagine avery johnson being out on the field throwing a pass uh i I doubt that you're gonna see that on saturday um okay god my headlines why did i do this i had no idea that the the podcast was gonna start like the way that it did because my third headline is is anybody actually excited about this game so and it's the the angle here the angle here is i'm wondering about like you know what's the crowd gonna be like because it's dude it's been a brutal week it's been a brutal week, man. You, you lost Gongba. You get your heart ripped out of Texas. If you want to take it back, like maybe just a little over a week, you have the Naquan Tomlin suspension, Quez Glover injury. You get handled by USC in Vegas as Cole closes his ears for those that are not watching on YouTube. It's been uh, it's been a lot of negativity, boys. And uh, how how are the fans? How's every what what is the environment? What's the vibe going to be like with uh, with the way things have been going? Oh, it's a good it's a good item to to kind of pinpoint. It's funny the the show the way we're going. We're still on 
headline number three, the 30th minute into the show. So we're not really, we're moving at a snail's pace here, but I think it could be a little lifeless, at least at first. I, I still think it's going to be full. I've seen worse Kansas State seasons with the stadium full every home game. So, but the environment to call a raucous would probably be a fallacy. I don't think you're going to see anything like that, but maybe if they can get something good to happen early, it'll come to life. There's look, it's a it's a 2 p.m. kick. It's a perfect kick time. It's gonna be a beautiful fall day, mid 60s, maybe 63 degrees. I think I saw for a high. You can't ask sunny. You can't ask for a better kick time and fall day. Uh, I think it'll be full for that reason alone and the fact that they sell out every game now. So I think it'll be full. Now from an energy perspective, I think it'll take K-State doing some things early on in the game, you know, to get the crowd really going. Um, but I, I think people need to keep perspective here because it's I was really down in the dumps for the Texas game. Yeah, K State's You're the one that's gonna tell everyone to keep perspective? Yes. Thank you for rudely interrupting me as I go on my speech here. People need to keep perspective here. Kansas State still has the opportunity to finish with the very same record they did last year and win nine regular season games and win a seven, seven Big 12 games, seven and two, got them in the league title that last year. Will it get them in the league title this year if they went out? There's a less of a chance of it because of the way the Big 12 is structured this year. But there is still an opportunity. And even if they don't get to the league title, but they go nine and three and seven and two, I don't think we as a fan base can you know, say that's that's a poor season. I, I think nine, ten wins um, is a good season. If so, if you can get there, you win your bowl game and get to ten wins, which they had last year. And again, I'm not a big proponent of bowl games, and like I don't take a ton from those. But you know, I I think there there's an importance to keeping perspective there. That if you can win out, it's a good season. There's a lot to still play for. So, was that good, John? Did I help keep perspective there? Pretty, it's pretty solid. I wish you'd follow through in your texts, you know, with the uh, with the same sort of perspective. But you know, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm being, mm-hmm. I'm being just fine. So everybody, everybody, tweet Grant Postmortem and ask him about that. Um, Baylor also might be the. Is Baylor the the other question I have with this? Are they the least exciting team to be playing in the league right now? Because my thought was like, at least it, you've already played UCF. At least if it were Cincinnati, like there's a little bit of novelty to it. But it's like I mean, you played Baylor and they're they're bad. I no, now they're all the same to me. Back to the perspective thing. Uh, <laughs> though I'm just going to help with your argument here a little bit. Kansas State's only won ten or more games in consecutive seasons two times this century. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. O two O two O three, and then eleven twelve. Did they not win 10 in 2000? They won 10 in 2000, but they didn't win 10 in 2001. Oh, you meant back-to-back. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Back-to-back. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, I was like trying to do the math on that too. I was like, because that was right in that. Snyder won 11 games, six or seven years from 97 to 03. So. Yeah. yeah, but in this century, he had stayed back-to-back seasons with 10 or more wins, so it happened twice. Yeah, okay. Good good perspective, everybody. Look, I feel like that was pretty good. That was good Good podcasting. Good uh, good work from everybody all the way around. I, I do have to throw in this shout-out before we transition here. One, uh, Cole is going to be interviewing Austin Moore, so be sure to uh, pay attention to your feed for the Austin Moore interview coming up. Uh, shout-out to uh, Riverbank Brewing Company for all their help with everything, Curry, and uh, extra pods that we have coming your way. Okay, Patreon, though, Cole. We've got we've to celebrate the fact that you, you scooped Jeff Goodman. 
right? We need to tell our, our Patreon folks, patreon.com slash three law, Cole scoop, Jeff Goodman, uh, on some things. So if you want, if you want that sort of insight, that sort of inside info, make sure that you sign up at patreon.com slash three law. You Cole did like a separate basketball related pod earlier this week. He had a great interview with Kelly Ford last week, who, uh, who loves K state. If you're into the analytics and the numbers, Kelly Ford is great with that. So uh, any anything else you want to promo at patreon.com slash three Michael. I even did uh, a couple little two-minute video recaps of the USC game, John, um, from the men's basketball season opener that posted on there. We've had, had quite a bit of content over the last week over on Patreon, and like we hinted, hinted around on some of the things that Jeff Goodman said and on our Discord channel too, so you can interact and engage with us on there. And, uh, you know, the whole Patreon community and all of our subscribers and, and three mod listeners over there. So, yeah, we occasionally will post some information that we're getting on there, kind of instant reaction type stuff, too. So, yeah, yeah, be sure to check it out. And you had the guts and courage to do the live post game show after the Texas game on Saturday, which I bailed you on. But I bailed on you there. But uh, normally we'll, we'll both be doing a post game show live after games. D.Y. Um, unfortunately won't go live from the press conference with us. He's a little busy. I Cole, I abide by the Dabo Sweeney life philosophy. If if you don't, that's okay. But I'm BYOG, man. Bring your own guts. I'm always bringing the guts. So uh, I added in the Emmy for the post game after Texas. We're doing we're doing live post game. We take your questions uh, after every game. So I imagine, I imagine we'll be doing that Saturday. Cole, are you going to join me on Saturday? I'll be at the game, but we'll figure it out. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll 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 figure that out. I I should be able to figure something out to arrangement or do something. I mean, KSU foundation hooked us up, shout out to them. They hooked us up for the Troy game. The kick times have been weird. So it hasn't, we haven't really had to use that again, but we'd love to partner and, and do that again at some point. So we'll see. I'll talk to talk to some folks, see how we get that set up or, or where I do that post game show from, but we'll do something. Are you going John? I do not think I'm going to go. Wow. Not going to go to KU. Not going to go to this. You know, I tell you what, a lot of, a lot of life things, a lot of life things happening. Cole, we can, we can talk about it off air. I got you. I got you. Okay. Um, All right. It's time for a Baylor offense defense. Can I request some more Baylor disrespect here? Can I request like an expedited version? No. Baylor offense defense preview. (laughs) Absolutely not. We're going in depth, baby, because we're going to respect all opponents on the schedule. So let's start with that Baylor offense. 1.72 1.72 points per drive, ranking 98th in the country, 13th in the Big 12, 99th in sack percentage allowed at 7.9%. That's the worst in the Big 12, 74th in pass efficiency offense. This is staggering to me, guys. Baylor is 120th in the country with under 95 yards rushing per game. They're last in the Big 12. They're 121st nationally with three yards per carry, also the worst in the Big 12. You think about Dave Aranda. The last two years, last year they ran for 176 yards per game. In 2021, they ran for 204 yards per game. Aren't you shocked with how much they're struggling running the football? Stunned. No, no, no reaction. You know, I try to bring you guys in to engage with me on this uh, so you don't have to sit there and just listen to me talk for five minutes and you don't even react. I will say it is surprising because wasn't Richard Reese an All-Big 12 first-team pick? Rich, good, good. That is a great transition, D.Y. Richard Reese, preseason first-team All-Big 12 running back. Last year as a freshman, he ran for 972 yards, had 14 touchdowns, nearly five yards per carry. And it, he this year, he has 250, 61 yards on the ground, 261 on 57 carries. Only 57 carries, so you're thinking, oh, he must have gotten hurt. He's played in every game. 
But in the last four games, he's only gotten 12 carries for a total of 36 yards. Dominique Richardson, another running back, he transferred in from Oklahoma State where he really wasn't all that effective running the football for the Cowboys last year. He's their leading rusher with 339 yards on the ground. Uh, the interesting... Do they have a squirrel? Do they still have a squirrel? Uh, I, I I didn't see him. They got some other guy named Pendergrass, who's a freshman, six foot two, two hundred twenty pounds. They're giving the ball, but I don't think Squirrel Williams. I haven't seen Craig or Squirrel Williams. Um, you know, when I looked at the numbers, I don't know, I don't know what's going on there. So I'm sorry, John. Um, <clears throat> Baylor's allowing seven point three tackles for loss per game. That ranks 115th nationally, worst in the league. Are you noticing a trend? Worst in the league a lot in the hundreds and almost every statistical category that I uh, I read out to you. 75th in yards per play at 5.2. Uh, Blake Shapin's been solid. He's completing 64% of his passes for more than 1,700 yards, averaging 7.8 yards per pass, eight touchdowns, just two interceptions. But they've really struggled early in the year when Sawyer Robertson had to step in at QB when Shapin got hurt and Robertson completed less than 50% of his passes, had just one touchdown and four interceptions. So it's a Baylor offense that's really struggled. They got a couple playmakers at receiver. I mean, both their their starting receivers that lead the team average over 16 yards a catch. So you can't let Monterey Baldwin or Keytron Jackson, a transfer from Arkansas, he's six foot three, get behind you. And then Drake Dabney, a good tight end, six foot five, 250 pound senior that has 23 receptions for 347 yards and 15 yards a catch. Oh, I'm still okay. Stunned. I'll transition to the Baylor defense. Then, uh, no. oh, I'm still stunned about the Baylor rushing stat. Like it literally left me speechless. I'm shocked that they can't run the ball. So I have been speechless this entire time. So okay, yeah. Uh, and their Baylor is 98th nationally in. Um, uh, that's that's a miss there. Never mind. Just ignore me. They're 75th, 77th in third down offense at 38 percent. K State's fourth in the country. Will you stay Sorry. focused and respect the opponent, please? Okay. Talk about okay. That. All right, just a few bullet points on the Baylor defense, which is atrocious. And again, it's it's shocking. It's stunning because Dave Aranda is a defensive mind. And you think about that Baylor defense, the Big 12 champion year when they won the, the conference title and how good they were. Baylor is average allowing 2.81 points per drive. That ranks 119th out of 133 FBS teams nationally. It's 13th of the Big 12. They're 118th in the country, allowing five yards per carry. Only UCF is worse in the league. So... K-State should be able to run the ball at will on these guys. 193 rushing yards per game allowed, 120th in the nation. 115th in pass efficiency defense, last in the Big 12. 8.3 yards per pass allowed, 117th in the country, last in the Big 12. 6.2 yards per play allowed, ranking 119th in the country, last in the conference. 88th in the country with 5.2 tackles for loss per game. The one thing that they do well, and this is the one thing that has carried over over the last three years for Dave Aranda, they force 1.8 turnovers per game. That ranks 22nd nationally, second best in the Big 12. Uh, coming into this season, you look from 2019 to the present. Exclude COVID season, weird year, but look, go from 2019 to date. Coming into this year, Baylor had forced 76 turnovers, and that was the most in the Big 12. K-State was second most forced at 57. So that was a wide margin, and they're forcing turnovers at a high rate again. They're 32nd nationally in turnover margin there is your baylor breakdown if you look at the uh the overall picture they're 116th and net points per drive which takes the offense and defensive points per differential um and you heard all the other things i already said and brian freemouth's f plus ratings he has them as the 75th best team in the country all right love it baylor 
guy. Hey, I heard Chris Kleiman say he likes Blake Shapin a lot and remembers him from playing two years ago in Manhattan. That was when he kind of got thrown into uh, into the action there because of an injury and and played very well. So I also respect Blake Shapin. I, I I think I took a lot of crap last year for saying that I liked Blake Shapin, and Cole said that he did not like Blake Shapin. So I'm I'm Team Shapin. I just want everybody to know. You asked uh, if he was still alive last night in the group text, but okay. Well, because he's always hurt. I mean, I just assume that Baylor's out there getting him killed because they have nothing else on offense. Did we play against Blake Shapin last year when we won 31 to 3? Yes. So it's interesting. I just thought that was interesting by Chris Kleiman. I remember him in 21. We played him last year. Don't remember him. Well, you know, last year, last year they, they really brought it. That was one of the more fun games last season because I was not expecting that, uh, that out, the outcome to be that, that lopsided. DY, I have it. Uh, Blake Shapin last year against Kansas State, 22 of 38 passing, but only 203 yards. So very low yards per pass attempt, 58% completion percentage, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 28.9. That's probably quite on a He didn't play very well. He threw a critical interception early in the game when they were in the red zone. Kobe Savage picked it. Then he got hurt later in that game, and uh, that was that sucked. But then look what Kobe's doing now, bounce back. Quick hitters, quick hitters. Uh, Chris Kleiman made it a point to say in the press conference that, uh, as you guys discussed earlier, they can play all the guys who only have played in one game or less so far this year without worrying about the red shirt. He mentioned Rex Van Wy. I assume that will be one that we see, but how many others, DUI, will we see play their their second game for K-State on Saturday? Man, there's just no real obvious ones, especially if the game is – look, if the game's not close, you could see Cheedy. You could see Rex Van Y. You could see, trying to think here. Um, like Spivey get on the field? Man, well, when we're constantly seeing like six other receivers before him. And like, I don't, are, are they going to play seven different receivers? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, like I said, if the game's out of reach, then I, I think you can see guys like Trey Spivey and Chidi Obiizer. Yeah, I think I think you could see four to five guys. Uh, Trey Spivey would be one that I would peg. I would peg Rex Van Wy, as you just said. I could see maybe a John Pastore get out there and uh, play some snaps at tackle offensively. Maybe a couple of the other offensive linemen that haven't played a ton of snaps this year maybe get out on the field. So um, could certainly see that. And then I'm trying to Steiger maybe at safety. I think I don't know if he has a red shirt available still. I think he might have played just four games last year. He played against. Uh, TCU this year and some some snaps down the stretch. Is Fabris still hurt? DY, do you know? Freshman safety. That's my assumption. I guess I don't necessarily know. Can Nigel Thomas? I could see him uh, get some snaps. Okay, yeah. yeah. I just That's a guy that could maybe play some additional snaps. His last year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess I didn't do a great job of answering the question and was more so naming guys that haven't played a bunch that uh, could see the field this Saturday and maybe down the stretch here, but yeah. yeah I was, I mean, that was putting, putting guys on the spot. Jordan Allen, Jordan Allen, maybe. Chidi's ahead of him. So I, well, damn it. I want to see Jordan Allen on that football field. So I, I would enjoy that too. I would enjoy that too. Uh, last week, K-State had three receivers over 70 yards receiving. Not something that happens very often with this team. If I put it at uh, over under one and a half receivers, not not players, but receivers. One and a half receivers with seventy plus receiving yards over under. I'll say I'll go back to under just because this is a game where they could probably get away with running it a ton. 
and might be inclined to do so with KU the week ahead. Yeah, I could see that, but I'm going to take the over because I think they can maybe hit some explosives on this Baylor defense. And uh, I think maybe Keegan Johnson, we saw a little bit of a coming out party and maybe he continues to carry that over. That's what I hope to see. Um, so I'll take the over. I think I'll, I think they'll have two guys with 70 or more yards receiving in this game. I'm going to like optimistically lean to the over as well. And I would just say like, Derek, I do. there could be a line of thinking that like the opposite thing for the Kansas piece of this, right? Like, keep the momentum going, get these guys confident, get the passing game confidence going as you headed to Kansas where maybe you want to see a little bit more of that. And give KU a lot to think about, too. Like, yeah. they could, instead of being covered up, just throw everything out, you know? For sure. Um, higher number, basketball non-con losses or K-State football total losses this year. Right. Obviously, you already have one. In the non-con with, uh, with USC and K-State's got a pretty salty uh, basketball non-con schedule right now. We don't know when Naquan Tomlin may or may not come back, and you're not going to have Quez Glover for, uh, for non-conference. For, for football, that counts like a bowl game, too. Yeah, for I would football. say bowl game. Yeah. So yeah, it's a tough one, huh? I'll say non-con some more, more non-con basketball because I think that can get to four outside shot of five. You hope not, and I think that's probably more. Football can still go with only three. So. Push. It's a push. K State basketball goes ten and three in the non-con, and K State football goes nine and three in the regular season of football, and then wins the bowl game to go ten and three. There you go, ten and three each. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I'm looking at four for the basketball non-con. I, I feel like that's a pretty seems like a safe bet right now. I mean, I, I not, that's not to say I don't believe in the team at all, um, but they I, Cole, you're, I, Cole, I <laughs> we've got some work to do, man. I mean, I know USC is pretty good. They, they've got some work to do. Villanova is going to be tough. At least you get that at home. The The swing game might be if you can be Providence or not in that first one in the Bahamas. Yeah, I think you need to win one game in the Bahamas. And if you do that, I, I like their chances to get to 10-3 and three because I like the, the Villanova game being in Bramlage and still being a month away. These guys being able to gel over time. Uh, I think will certainly help us. They continue to grow and adjust together as a group. And I, I would encourage everybody not to overreact from the USC game just because, like, there was nobody even close to as talented on K-State's non-con schedule last year as USC this year. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think I think there is probably a better chance that they, they start to pull it together even quicker at a more rapid pace this year than they would have had they had the same type of non-con that they had last year because they're going to, like Tang said the other day at the press conference, like, they're going to... They got exposed earlier on, and uh, they're going to know what they have to work on. Um, more playoff appearances over the next five years. Remember, expanded playoff here, 12-team playoff. More playoff exp- appearances over the next five years. Mike Gundy or Brent Venables? Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy. Yeah, Brent Venables. I don't, I don't know if, like, I'll be honest, like, I don't know how long Venables coaches at Oklahoma because I think they're going to get, they're going to get sick and tired of them because, it's going to get even tougher for him when he goes to the SEC, obviously. And in the SEC, I've said this before, like Oklahoma is like Auburn, Ole Miss, or Tennessee. In the SEC. Yeah, you're not counting uh, appearances as a defensive coordinator, which is what Brent Venables will be again in two years, right, John? <laughs> you know what? If you want to, if you want to take it down that road, Cole, we can we can expand that. If you want to say Venables because he's going to be back at Clemson coordinating Dabo's defense or something. 
uh, think that Clemson pro, even if he went back and coordinated that Dabo defense, I don't think that Clemson program's bouncing hey, back to that level. Just beat Notre Dame, baby. Have some faith. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess with the 12-team playoff, they'll have a shot to get back in, uh, you know, with the talent they get. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I would take Gundy because Gundy's going to continue to coach at Oklahoma State, and I'm skeptical that Brant Venables will be the coach in a couple years at Oklahoma. You can add one player from across the country to this K-State roster. Who would it be? Oh, I'm thinking to me, to me, this decision comes down to, do you want Marvin Harrison? Yes. Yes. Or, 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 yes. or do you want, but, but you could, or would you rather have like Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, one of those three? No, I, Kansas State, what they have a quarterback spot with Martin Harrison Jr. Yes. All day, every day. Yeah. I'd take Marvin Harrison. Look, I don't think a one single defensive player can make the, the significant difference that a guy like a Marvin Harrison could make to your totality of your offense. Especially Ohio State's like in the same spot. Like their offense is atrocious. They just get bailed out by Marvin Harris. Yeah, I got. I got to ask you that. D. How with Ohio State's resources? How are they not better at quarterback? How is that a thing? Well, I will say they went on an unreal run there with quarterback. So at some point, you do have that you know, whatever. I it's it's hard to maintain first round after first round to first round at quarterback. I mean Georgia hasn't had that like right. Alabama hasn't had that recently. Like that's a tough bar to clear. But when you have Justin Fields, CJ Stroud and with Dwayne Haskins, like it, they went on an unbelievable run at quarterback. Uh, that was better than what they were even like with Jim Tressel and Ur- Urban Meyer Urban Meyer at Haskins. I can give you guys a couple honorable mentions. I would include, you know, maybe Luther Burden of Missouri and just his explosiveness. And then maybe I just think the gap between Marvin Harris and everyone else in receiver is yeah. so big. And then, you know, if Brock Bowers is healthy, you pair him with Ben Sennett, that could be a pretty deadly combo. So, but yeah, uh, anyways. Yeah, but you need a guy, you need, you, you need a deep threat, man. You need the, and not, I, I mean, Bowers, Bowers is crazy, but I would take yeah. Marvin. Yeah. I think that's the, it's a good question. Yeah, well, thank you. I came up with it in the car this morning, so it was, you know, put, put a lot of work into that. Uh, lead pipe block of the week. For once, I've got to take a little humble pie here. I uh, missed big time. That Florida pick was not good uh, yeah. as Arkansas won. It was not very humble either, for once. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I'm still 5-3. and three. Cole's 3-5. Three and five. Derek is 1-7 and seven because DUI bet against Kansas, and uh, that does not seem to be working out very well. But actually, lesson learned, DYU. You just you can't bet on Iowa State, man. You can't you can't count on the clones to when you need the clones to do something for you. They're never going to come up in that spot. What's D, what's DYU's record again? One and eight. He is, he is one and seven. One and seven. Yeah, but he's he's winning on some of his other actual personal bets. So sorry, folks, that his lock of the week is uh, screwing you over. But he's winning other bets. Well, Cole. So he says he's winning his own. I am. Oh no, he is. I have access to his betting account. I log in for him all the time. So, okay. glad to hear that. Uh, okay, uh, anyone want to lead things off this week with the lead pipe block of the week? Yes, I'll go. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take UCF plus three at home against Oklahoma State. Letdown spot for the Cowboys. It's been a grind for them. Uh, you know, UCF coming off their first Big Twelve win, albeit a, a doozy. What a two point win over Cincinnati. Uh, but I still think, like, I think it's a letdown spot for the Cowboys after Bedlam. 
and just the grind that they've been through over the last several weeks and you know going like the power metrics and everything give UCF a great shot to win that game a week ago I think Kelly Ford's model had it as a coin flip game he had UCF at 49% to win chance and OSU 51% Uh, that tilted a little more after OSU won against Oklahoma but I think like I'll take UCF to not only cover I think UCF beats Oklahoma State okay I won you guys are gonna laugh I'm on the Colorado Buffaloes they're playing Arizona but it's at home I think this is a letdown spot for Arizona and Colorado as as a favorite not good this year as a dog almost covered every game as a dog they almost beat Oklahoma, Oregon State last week. What's the sp- what's the spread on that game, D.Y.? Colorado home dog ten and a half against Arizona. One p.m. kick, um, so that's a noon kick locally in Colorado. Look, I I don't mind it because I think Arizona does beat two ranked teams in a row, and it just feels like three. the same same thing. Three, three. yeah, three. So in now now they're in Boulder. Colorado is really good as a dog. I think Arizona's probably a little bit too high and mighty, maybe overvalued by the books because ten and a half for Arizona on the road to Colorado, who Colorado just played right alongside UCLA and Oregon State. Hmm. John, what league is your lock going to be in? I'm going to guess it. Uh, well, first of all, let me, I got to give a shout out to Arizona and Jed Fish, man. Like the, that's the, I mean, I know Washington State is completely falling off a cliff, but they demolished them 44 to 6 in Pullman. Then they beat Oregon State by three, and then they clubbed UCLA by 17. They're like, they're in the top 20 in the playoff rankings, man. Yeah. We gave them a shot. So remember last week we talked like, that's going to be a tricky non-con game next year yeah. for K-State because Arizona is has some youth that is playing right now. Their quarterback's a freshman, and he looks really good. Yeah, Arizona Arizona is strong. Uh, Cole, mine's in the Big 12. Take a guess. Kansas. Yeah, he's taking KU because that line. Man, but, John, that goes against your theory of, like, weird know, strange bro. lines because – because that seems like easy money. I would want to take KU when they know Kansas State's the next week. It's right. just, man, D.Y., that that line, like it's if I was a KU fan, I would hammer that line. Yeah. Like Kelly, the, the strange thing is Kate, Kelly Ford has Texas Tech is only a two and a half point underdog. So like it's right there with the betting line. But man, I saw that line come out. I'm like, KU has been really good at home. Like Texas Tech, like I don't, I don't know. Like what's Texas going to do? Just try to run Taj Brooks the whole game? Because, I mean, that could potentially work. I don't know. I think but. part part of it, Tech's defense has been okay-ish, and they have Baron Morton back. I don't know. I just, dude, I mean, I can't. They have, they have been very respectable with Morton, though. The the line was, it, it opened at two and a half. I'm seeing it at four now. I would even take it at four. I mean, I just, that, that feels like Kansas by 14. I don't. I don't understand that at all. KU's pretty well coached. I would have a hard time. They've been dealing with this Jalen Daniels distraction the entire year, and it hasn't phased them at all. I, I just have a hard time seeing them being really bothered by anything too much that, situation. That, you're not worried about them peeking ahead to K-State the next week? Is that what well, I mean, there's there's some of that. I'm sure there's some of that. And they are coming off of back-to-back really nice wins. But I don't, it's just, just call it the biggest Sunflower showdown since 95. They're they're pretty well coached, man. I, I just, think it. I think their staff will, I like John, I, I just think that because of their staff, they'll have them locked in. Ready to yeah. Go. I have a hard time, I have a hard time seeing it. I don't, I don't know. By the way, D.Y., you're, it's looking like it's after, after Saturday, it's going to be two weeks, two weeks to vindication for you. Two weeks to vindication. Uh, sounded like Jalen Daniels, not, 
not going to play once again um, after they rolled him out. They did the, they did the Jesse Ertz thing. They like rolled him out there to warm up a couple weeks ago to you know try and throw everybody off the scent, and then he's he's just right back to the bench. Hopefully he didn't uh, shred a knee like Jesse Ertz did when he was when he was out there warming up. Uh, mm. Not a fan of that one, Cole. Uh, shred a knee just sounds bad. So well, he got he got further injured when Snyder made him warm up. Whatever that was, yeah. Well, but he decoyed the hell out of him. So you know, yeah. Jerry Patterson, Jerry Patterson was duped. As I said, they lost that game pretty decidedly, didn't they? Like, I all right prediction. Look, I I think it's going to be a bit of a slow start. I would imagine a bit of a sluggish start for K State, but I think they'll pull away and be fine. I'm taking K State 31, Baylor 13. Cool. 45 to 20 K-State. The K-State scored over 40 points in every single home game. So, uh, John, you got to have some faith there that they'll get over 40 again, especially against the worst defense, arguably, that K-State will play this year. I say Kansas State 30 to 16. Wow. You guys both have a a lower scoring than what I would expect. Three field goals from DY there. Man, that's going to be frustrating. Or, or perhaps one field goal and a snap on the extra point that hits the holder in the okay. face. Wow, you got to take it to negative town right now. All right, uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say like a safety or something, you know. Um, so I was going to ask Austin more on the the recording. You know, what we do if if he thought that play at TCU was a safety. Oh uh, well, okay. Well, I look forward to that. Hole. Yeah. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you won't listen. I look forward to the Curry interview dropping. I look forward to the Austin Curry interview. The Curry interview did drop, John. And the fact that you didn't listen to it on your drive from the gym already, it was out. Nope, I checked and it was not in my feed, Cole. I checked. I legitimately Uh, wanted to listen to it on the way home. It was not in my feed. So you take that. Don't put that evil on me. Horse shit. He's lying. It was out at 6, you know, 6 a.m. EY catch. I disagree. That's where you got to have a football. Say you got to have the same football dy to like catch it. Like I said, throw it through the screen. So, yeah. Okay. Great show, guys. Great show. Locked in. Positive vibes. Lifting the mood elevator. The mood elevator, folks. Gonna beat the hell out of Baylor and uh, get focused in on the most anticipated Sunflower Showdown in uh, nearly thirty years. Uh, nine wins on the table in the regular season. Seven league wins. Chaos happens in this conference. Kansas State could still get back to Arlington to the Big 12 championship. The opportunity of a 10-win season, or maybe an 11-win season if they get back to Arlington. Everybody have positive vibes. Let's go win and uh, have fun on a beautiful fall day on Saturday. I would just like to say, Cole tried to say we were locked in and then proceeded to talk about everything but the Baylor game for the last minute of the show. So, sorry, Baylor. Uh, I We apologize to Dave Aranda. I like Blake Shapin. I would just like to reiterate that I... I, I appreciate and respect Blake Shannon and, and quarterback. I did bring their helmet back out. I had it in the cardboard box because it wasn't good enough to be and, here. So I respect you enough to bring it. Stop. Stop. Stop and, saying that. And Andy, why remember when John thought Dave Miranda was like the best coach in the world? And, uh, you know. If you want to think Dave Miranda, Mason Voth is your guy. Yeah, I saw that. He's got the watch warning out for uh, or the, the warning of hot seat or fraud why, as a coach. Right. He's, he's under an official fraud warning. Yes, that's a fraud. A fraud warning. It's like a frost warning. Man, I love it. Yeah. So, I like the zen-like qualities of Dave Aranda 
I was attracted to that. It appears Ooh, that attracted. a little bit misguided. Ooh, my God. That's hard I see in here. Dave Aranda, wa- hey, Dave, watch out on the sideline. Don't let John Kurtz get too close to the uh, the Baylor sideline. I think John's going and he's going to get seats in the student section in row one lined up early with his chest pain. Dave Aranda. Uh, so. <laughs> I think. Cole, I'm surprised Nick hasn't hit in recording just to. I, I think Cole had some holiday distiller. Yeah, I, I actually think Cole did. Had a little too much uh, Ben Holiday bottled in Bond Bourbon. Maybe 360. Nick, Nick has a good point. You're going to Connor Stallions your way onto the Baylor sidelines, man. Oh. Now that would actually be fun. That would actually be kind of fun. Um, that, that, you, you know, you, you never know. You never know. Vacuum, sell some vacuum cleaners. Yeah. Ooh. I guess I'll have, to, I'll have to get some Baylor home field apparel uh, if I'm going to do that. So home field apparel, you can get whatever gear that you want. 360 vodka, Ben Holiday bottled in Bond Bourbon, our friends at Holiday Distillery. We appreciate Nick Springer putting up with all this uh, behind the scenes. I can only imagine. Derek Young, Cole Manbeck, I'm John Kurtz. Thanks for listening to 3 Mod. Take care. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.